Hello and welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. This is Single Track Session number 138 and I am your host, Eric Manning. It is Thursday, June the 6th and this year seems to be cruising right on by. So this is launching a little bit later than normal on Thursday, uh, which is when our expected time. Apparently when you have some computer glitches and you're not a technical wizard, you can lose things. And apparently this is what happened to me. So this is recording number two of the single track session, and uh, we're going to just go for it. So let's start off with the beer of the week. This one has very well cracked my top five. Um, it is from Mother Earth Brewing Company. Yes, they've been on here before. It is the Big Mother. It's a triple IPA. Um, it's their anniversary ale. It is uh, tasting notes here. Rose Blossom, Wild Blueberry, and Tropical Pineapple. It is 10.5%, and it is gorgeous. Um, the can's cool. It's kind of Rastafari-type look. Um, it's it's cracked my top five. It is so tasty um, that I am just going to enjoy this throughout the show. In fact, this is actually my second one because I did one on the first recording of the single track session that didn't session. Obviously, I've had them too quickly. Um, no, so I had one earlier uh, when I did the initial single track session, and uh, you know, gotta just be drinking a beer while I'm doing my single track session. So. If you get an opportunity, it's an anniversary ale, so it's limited release. Um, if you can get your hands on this, get a couple. Because um, if you have one, you're going to be disappointed that you didn't get more. But to me, it's like a slice of pizza. It's like pizza, right? Or a potato chip. You can't have one, right? Or a donut, for that matter. Like one of the one of the raspberry-filled powdered sugar kind. That's my go-to favorite donut of all time. You can't just have one. you got to have more than one. So... Check them out. Again, it's from Mother Earth Brewing Company. It's the Big Mother, the triple IPA. It's the anniversary ale. And, folks, you are going to like it. It's 10.5, but it's not strong tasting like that alcohol. Sometimes you get those, those especially those triples or, or something higher content that has just that taste, right? It's like, is this a beer? This one is, and it is so good. Um, so give it a try if you haven't given it a try. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've got some requests for uh, me to do uh, Beer of the Week, let me know, and I will uh, try and check it out. It depends on what I can get here in the great state of Utah, um, which I love. So, anyway, let's move on. So, last week, um, it's been a, oh my gosh, it has been such a crazy week. Last week, uh, my soccer team, we had our tryouts for the upcoming year, and um, we carry 15 players. We had 52 kids show, or no, excuse me, 55 kids show up to tryouts. Um, we have a second team, and we ended up building a third one because we had so many kids come out. And talk about a gut-wrenching experience. Um, I We had tryouts on Tuesday and Thursday of last week, but I had to go to Seattle for work and missed the second day as the the head coach and it was just gut-wrenching so i had like just a few hours to assess talent both um what i've already had on my team plus all the kids that came to try out and that was so hard and this is i think partly why i got out of coaching soccer so many years ago is i don't like the tryout process it's nice to see the 
talent that comes out and our club and our team is growing so much that people come out and, and word spreading about, I think we play a good brand of soccer. Um, but you got to almost break hearts and I don't like doing that. There's nothing worse than making kids not happy. I mean, that's why you do it is to help kids. And, and so having to, and it's not like cutting them. Like we, again, if, if you don't make the team that I coach, we have our, our, our next team. Um, then there's even a new team. So there's three teams in our age group now, um, just within our club, but it's so difficult and oh my gosh, so gut wrenching and hard to do when you're trying to, and I like to carry 15 on my roster. We play with 11, um, at our age, but I kept 16 because there were just so much talent and there's still a few kids that were right there that we could call up from our second team. So that took away a lot of my week last week. And then you got to offer the players. They got to accept because they're trying out for other teams. But needless to say, we got all the kids we were looking for, which is good. And I'm really excited. We have our first tournament at the end of the month. And then it's just going for it. So pretty excited about that. Well, my trip to Seattle was good. It was for my job. I still, I'm still employed, which is good. Um, sometimes I, I question that because it's a sales job. And I'm not a huge fan of sales jobs, but, uh, it, uh, it's still there. I work for a great company. We sell great products. Um, but it's fun to be in Seattle because, uh, we, we stay right across the street from, which is now T-Mobile Park, used to be Safeco, but, uh, where the Mariners play, which is right next door to where the Seattle Sounders, the, uh, Seahawks play and right across the street from Pyramid Brewing Company. So it's a nice little weekend work. I caught a Mariners game. Uh, they played Mike Trout and the Angels, and got uh, the Mariners got worked pretty hard. And there was not many people there, which was kind of sad, too. It was like less than a third, I think. But um, it was a lot of fun to be up in Seattle. I hate the Seattle airport. SeaTac Airport is horrible. The lines are forever. Um, I know they're doing construction. It seems to be everywhere. They're doing it in Salt Lake Airport, and I went right through that. Seattle took forever. And then once you get in, there's just not as many, there's not good places to sit down and have like a, a drink or um, something to eat because there's, there's so many people and there's limited seating. So that was kind of a bad experience. I'm not a fan of SeaTac, so, uh, man. But it was nice to get out of town for a couple of days, even though it was work-related and there was so much going on. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good time, but I, I've been looking hard, and I mentioned this in the last week's podcast, looking hard at a vacation. Um, I don't have any coming up. Um, I think the next vacation on the, the books is v- Vermont, and I registered for the Groton Forest uh, Trail Race in September. That's the only ca- vacation right now. Um, I promised my daughters I'd take them to Disneyland in December for Christmas, but it's like I almost need to get away. So there's two parts to this. One, I need help because here's the deal. I don't have anybody to travel with, right? So I'm kind of in that, that mode, single mode, you know, I can't, you know, I'm looking to go somewhere, maybe on an airplane, go somewhere cool to relax, get away. So I've never traveled like that by myself. I've done camping by myself, backpacking by myself, you know, short stuff by myself, but not like a, a true vacation. Um, I had some great comments from people about going to Iceland, which is somewhere I want to go. I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to Wales, Hawaii, you know, just different places. But I'm like, okay, I can't go to Hawaii without my daughter. That would get in trouble. So I can't do that. So I'm looking, I got to get away. I just need to kind of do that, uh, do that thing where I take care of myself. But um, I appreciate everybody getting back to me. 
um, from Facebook when I posted about some vacation spots because it's just it's and stuff's so expensive. Even if you find good flights, it's like oh there's a really good flight, and then you're like okay hotels 150 bucks a night, 200 bucks a night, plus your food, plus whatever. Um, so it just adds up. So I don't know. I want to travel more, but I'm also not independently wealthy. So it's, I struggle. So I need some tips from good travelers on places to find good deals, not just Groupon. That still sketches me out a little bit. Um, but I need a good deal on some cool travel or if anybody travels by themselves, I'll travel with you. And uh, we don't even have to hang out if you don't want, but it just just have someone there, you know, say, hey, what's going on? Or have a cup of coffee with at breakfast one day and maybe not the next. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, still kind of still kind of digging that. I also want to thank a few guests because Path Projects on social media talked about their top podcast and Trail Manners was a little disappointed they weren't on theirs. Because I thought we, we've done a lot for them. When they were brand new, we helped us talk about them. But anyway, that's fine. No, you know, no hard feelings. No hard feelings. But I, I appreciate there's a few listeners, and you know who you are, that was on their Facebook page when it talked about all the amazing, amazing podcasts out there. Some people mentioned Trail Manor. So thank you so much for keeping uh, Trail Manor's relevant and out there. Um, very much appreciated that you uh, posted that. And those that uh, didn't, shame on you. Hurt my feelings. No, just kidding. Uh, but no, thank you, seriously. Um, because that helps, you know, kind of get more people, more traffic, more uh, listeners as well. And I know there's some better podcasts out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not thinking we're, you know, the top of the list. But there's days where I struggle kind of to keep it going. And those little comments like that just sure help. <laughs> not, not that that's why I'm doing it for them, but it does help to think, okay, I got listeners. So thank you so much for that. Um, update on my Achilles. Uh, I've done three or four physical therapy appointments the last few weeks. Got some dry needling, the, the shock treatment, the scraping, all that stuff. And I've been, you know, I mentioned last week I've been cleared, but I'm super nervous because I don't want another setback. Um, but I'm really happy. Been working out at home, strengthening it, eccentric strength, but it's the Achilles. And with all those Achilles injuries I'm seeing out there, it just gives me the heebity jeebities. Um, but I'm excited to kind of get back going again. And what I've decided is I'm not going to put any more added pressure on myself for the year, um, about running and about doing different things. Um, I'm going to do as it comes naturally and slowly get back into it. Um, cause I don't want to get hurt again. Um, I'm getting old, apparently. My body's getting fragile, fragile. Um, but it is getting better. Um, and Bridge uh, Physical Therapy here, they've been taking great care of me. Um, Tim um, has been poking me with needles in my calf, which I'm terrified of needles, so getting dry needling is a huge step for me. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I'm coming around. I'm coming around. So thanks to thanks to everybody at Bridge, uh, for helping me out there. Um, also, we just had National Running Day, um, and I, I, I have a harder time to figuring out all these days, right? Because now I think June 7th is National Donut Day, so make sure you go grab a donut. I'm back eating healthy. I will not grab a donut, but I'll be thinking about you. Um, this, this guy needs to drop some LBs. So, um, But, yeah, I have a hard time with these national days. Because as a, as a trail runner, as a runner, um, I think every time, well, I shouldn't say every time, a lot of times when you step out on the trail, it's like you're celebrating that or you're 
recognizing that. So I don't think it's like one day. It's like some of those days, like now, I didn't run on National Running Day, but some days it's like I want to boycott because everybody else is doing it. Like tomorrow's National Donut Day. I'm not doing it because I'm just trying to change my eating habits. Um, but there's some days it's like I'm not going to do it because everybody else is. I'm going to do it the other days of the year. So instead of eating a donut on June 7th, I'm going to eat them the other 364 days. So that's just kind of how I rebel, folks. That's just how it works here. Um, some other good news, or or maybe not. I don't know what it is right now. We're still, we're, uh, I say we, me, Trail Manners. Uh, we're still we all the time. Um, getting closer, closer to closing on the house. we got to push back a few more weeks because some other things need to be done with the bank. Um, but I cannot wait to sell that damn thing. Um, I loved living in it for, I don't know, for a long time. Um, what I live in it, 14, 15 years, but I'm so ready to get that thing sold, man. Um, if you've ever sold a house, you know what I'm talking about. I've heard people say they've gone, you know, oh, mine went smooth. Well, good for you because mine hasn't, and it's been a pain in the arse. Um, but it'll be super fun to get rid of that uh, house. Although I will miss it. It's where my kids grew up. Um, had some great memories there, but it's just time to, to move forward and get out of this apartment and, and move forward. So, folks, keep your fingers crossed. Hard Rock 100, where are we at? I think next week is the week we get some official announcements if we're going to have it or not this year. I've seen some more updated pictures. I know some snow is getting um, is melting, but I also know that there's other issues besides the snow, and that's just the water table and how much water is there. So I got my fingers crossed. I mean, I'm all for doing the right thing, making the right decisions. If you can't have it, you can't have it, which would be tragic um, in the racing community. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the, the, the community that lives in those areas and, and what they're going to be dealing with, like when San Juan or Lake City had to cancel theirs. But I'm really hoping for Hard Rock. I think um, everybody is. It's just it's just iconic race. And, and I know last year, like I mentioned, with the fires it being questionable, that this year with the water – um, is still there. So hopefully next week at this time we'll have some good news to announce. But if not, um, there's going to be a lot of people scrambling. Uh, not a lot of people. They only got 150 people. But um, there'll be people scrambling looking for races. And that's in July. So most races are going to be closed in that time frame if they're looking for a backup race. So we'll maybe come with some options next week. If, if it does indeed get canceled, we will come back with some options of, hey, it's canceled. This is what you need to do instead. Um, there's also some interesting news. Um, well, let's start with the some no no surprise really. Um, just some some recent races. They had the Zagama race in Spain last week. Um, happened in record heat, it says. But uh, the Hornet. We'll start off on the men's side because the Hornet uh, came away with a win. Um, I think what the uh, ninth time he's won that race um, handily. So congratulations there on the women's side. I'm digging this. Uh, she's from Norway, uh, Ellie Ann. That's I, you know me. If you've been listening to the show for quite a few years, I'm the worst at names, and the last name is D V E R G S D A L from Norway. So I'm gonna say Vergsdal. I think that was pretty close. Um, she won, and that's awesome because from what I understand, um, she's a soccer player who turned mountain runner. So me and her have so much in common. We both played soccer to turn mountain runner. We both have two legs, and neither one of us can pronounce her last name. So that's pretty good that we have that in common. 
Um, so congratulations to 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 those folks. Uh, Zagama is a historical race over there. I think on the men's side for the for that race, uh, Andy Wacker he finished ninth for the U.S. Um, as a top American finishing ninth. But uh, yeah, and for the women, Megan Kimmel uh, finished tenth um, for the U.S. So such cool stuff. I just I just love the, the Hornet. Killian just is amazing. Um, it's just fun to see him because he's always smiling. Um, so congratulations there. Next up is something that's been going on for a while, but for whatever reason, haven't checked it out. Um, but it's a man versus horse race, right? So there's a race that started in 1980, um, and co- according to quote unquote the race lore, when some people in a bar uh, got into a debate of could distance serve as an equalizer and allow a man to outrun a horse. Um, they've done it 39 times. Um, and it's in Wells, which is where my ancestry is from, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, a horse has won all but two of the events. So it's, what, 22 miles, and it's man versus horse. Now, I'm not a horseman. Um, I grew up with horses. My grandparents had horses. I think that men, uh, humans winning two races is a stout thing. Like I've even for distance, horses are just awesome. Um, not that people aren't, but um, it that's pretty in, in interesting that humans have won twice. Like I would have, I wouldn't have guessed it. Um, maybe the horses need to train harder. Maybe they're getting pr- tested. I don't know. Um, but Mike Wardian's doing it, so it'll be pretty cool to see. He's kind of bringing, I think, more attention to it because of his his background and his his results and just how big he is um i know it's been out there like i said for quite some time but it's going to be interesting that's i think happening this weekend um there's you know you go up some climb in the mountains so it's not just like a flat course or anything so there's something to it they do start apparently in two different waves Uh, i think the humans start 15 minutes earlier um and the men that won the event or the humans, they won in two hours and five minutes and then two hours and 20 minutes. So Wardian thinks if he can go 210, he can win or out or finish ahead of the horses, not get beat. So I don't know. That's kind of cool though. Um, I think it's kind of fun. It's in Wells. It came from a pub. Isn't that where most good stories come from is like having beers with your friends. Like here, hold my beer, watch this, or Hey, you know, check this out. That's where good stories come from. Not, Necessarily, some of them end in emergency rooms, probably. But that's pretty cool. I like I like races or things that happen like that, where it's like kind of like a fat ass event or something underground that kind of grows. Um, you just kind of hope it doesn't grow too big, like Barkley is starting to do a little bit more. Um, but con- good luck to Mike Wardian. Um, that'll be kind of fun. Hopefully, we'll have some updates on that uh, next week. A um, couple quick other things. It's going to be not the longest episode in the world we have some ask trail manners questions but uh tomorrow not only is tomorrow national donut day and i apologize if you do not like soccer you can go ahead and fast forward probably a few minutes Um, but i'm going to do my quick little recap and my my picks for the women's world cup this starts tomorrow june 7th and it starts off with host country france versus korea france in my opinion is going to walk away with that one because they are absolute favorite for the tournament 
Um, and we'll just kind of recap stuff as we go um, with that. And if you haven't watched it, I know even if you haven't watched men's soccer, some people don't like soccer, and that's fine. Um, I don't like you, but that's fine. Um, the women's soccer is entertaining. There's some amazingly talented um, women throughout the world that play the beautiful game. And I'm excited to tune in because I, I love watching them play. I mentioned before, and I'll always mention because it was one of my, my favorite memories in soccer, just sitting down having dinner with the 99 women. Um, if everybody remembers them, Mia Hams, Julie Foudy's, and Brandy Chastain's had dinner with them, pictures with them, autograph sessions, um, hanging out with them, and just such a neat event. Um, but I'm going to pick my favorites. So my favorites for the Women's World Cup. Here we go. It's not going to be like that varied. Defending champs, U.S., they're my top tier, right? I think when you break down tournaments, you got tiers one, two, really not much. One, two, and then some dark horses. So my top tier for the women's team that you need to be careful. I think I mentioned this before. You got defending champs, uh, defending champs, U.S. women. France looks incredibly strong, and if you watch them play, to me they're one of the one of the few teams that play. Very beautiful possession base, like almost mirrors the men's team um, closely. Um, so you got France, uh, Germany. Germany's always a favorite. Um, depends on how they're clicking. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw England in there. So that's my top tier is gonna be U.S., France, Germany, and England. That's gonna be my top tier. My second tier is super strong too. You're gonna have Australia, which I think is kind of. Even though I think they're a favorite in their bracket, I think they're an underdog. Um, they have some very awesome players. I think Japan falls into that. And I'm going to say Holland and Sweden. So that's my second tier. Holland and Sweden. Um, my th- I'm not going to go a third tier. But other game. I mean, Brazil, they're super young, like I mentioned before. So watch out. Canada, I think, has opportunities to do some things. Spain looked pretty good. Um, but there's not, to me, like dark horses, like on the men's side. Um, you know, you have some of the, the South African teams that come out or the African teams that come out and play really well. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be entertaining. So we'll kind of recap that. The U.S., like I said, they're in their group. They have Thailand, Sweden, and Chile. I think they're going to score a lot of goals against Thailand. I'm going 6-0 um, for that one. Um, but that should be pretty fun. I'm excited to watch it. We're going to kind of recap it as we go. Um, so if you like it. Let me know your picks. Post on Facebook on this this post. Let me know what your picks. Let me know what you think. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, what else we got? So we have, uh, let's go straight to Strava. We had a pretty nice week on Strava. Our Strava group has grown to 582 members. Last week's distance goes to Trudy Schoening, 116.7 miles. Runtime, 28 hours, 59 minutes. And climbing goes to Aaron Hill, 24,601 feet. So congratulations, everybody, on everything you did last week. Um, that's some pretty stout numbers from the, the top folks. And then, as I mentioned before, um, for Woody Footy, my, my daughter picked last week. This week's winner, there are some beautiful shots. Um, I'm, I think Andrew Giles has stepped his game up. He had an amazing shot. Um, from Banff National Park. I think I don't think you'd take a bad shot in Banff, but that was a beautiful shot there. Um, Lee Moss had Jeff Hart had one uh, summiting Martin Schneecloth from the Old Dominion Hundred with some picket fences and just a long flat road ahead. Um, that's that's not bad. Uh, David Stevenson 
Prospector Trail, Southern Utah, uh, David Upval, Hidden Valley, uh, Tim Bugnet, Icebox. A lot from Utah. So a lot of listeners from Utah, and I appreciate that. Uh, but let's get some more. Let's get some more on there. Every Sunday on Facebook, post where your feet take you. If you win, you are uh, going to be the picture for the single track session launch. Uh, Christopher Fell, another one from Madeira Island, was super nice. Um, I like Alex Terrell from Flying Dog, Park City, Utah. But this week's winner goes to, let me find it again. I've already got it saved. It's going to, because like I said, sometimes I look at these. Eric Thomas was a good one, finishing Scout Mountain 21 uh, miler after not getting to train. And that's insane. Huge tip of the hat to Eric, because I've run that race. And training that with that race is a, is hard. Not training with it, that's that's a that hurts. Um, but yeah, so as I was saying, the winner goes to, uh, one that I looked at and I'm like, oh, I'd love to be there right now because I'm talking about travel. This goes to, uh, Rick Holbrook from Lake Michigan in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And I've always wanted to go to Wisconsin for cheese, obviously, but just Wisconsin seems like the cool place to be for me. I like everything about it. So, uh, congratulations, Rick Holbrook from picture from Lake Michigan, Sheboygan. I loved, I like saying that, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, is a winner for this week. And our Woody Footy Awards um, this this year are brought to you and sponsored by Mr. Turtle Miller, Caldwell Banker in St. George. If you're not, check him out on Facebook. He always has some fun. He'd be a fun realtor. If you're going to buy a house, he'd be a fun one to buy from, I think, because he's, uh, he's hilarious. So check it out. Check out his Facebook page, too, when he's doing walkthroughs because those are pretty fun. also had some people hit me up this past week about Hemp Daddies, and, yes, I still use Hemp Daddies. I think it's still making a huge difference in my life. Um, it's helping with the Achilles. I sleep much better. So, yes, I am still using it, everybody that's asking. And if you want to and give it a try, use code ERIC10, A-R-I-C-10, at HempDaddies.com. You can get a little discount there, which isn't bad. Uh, but, yes, I am still using it. Yes, I still believe in it. And, yes... I'll be ordering more in the future. So how about some Ask Trail Manners questions here for Ask Trail Manners? Let's start off. First one that came through. Um, where is it? Okay, this is from Clint in Virginia. Clint says, all right, Trail Manners, what's up? Why is there no Trail Manners ambassador-type running team? Everyone else is doing it, and rocking some cool Trail Manners gear would be awesome. Thanks, Clint in Virginia. Well, Clint... This is something originally me and Joel went back and forth on for a while. He didn't want to do it. I was questioning it, and I think that we should. I think it would be fun to maybe pick maybe like eight people because that's my favorite number. But I'd have to come up with criteria and really why, right? I mean, yeah, we'd probably send out some cool gear, but it's got to make sense. So a lot of the groups like, hey, hashtag us in your race – um, I think sometimes it's hard when people make you wear their race tops if you don't like them or anything else. So I've got to come up with an, a plan because I would like to do that. I think that'd be kind of fun. And I wouldn't call it an ambassador program. We'd come up with a cool name and we've talked about that for years too. Um, you know, whether it's, oh, I don't know, something has to do with the trail running that's not, not taken, but kind of fun and be more of a fun thing. Right. And, um, I don't know. We'll think about that more, Clint. We'll, we'll throw it on the pile of everything else that, I'm trying to figure out as we go here because I know at the end of the day, a lot of the Trail Manners listeners are paying the price by not having good podcasts on Tuesdays. 
Um, so we're going to, we're going to work on that some more, but, uh, we'll get back to you. All right. The next one, here we go. It is ask trail manners from green, the green mountain state. I am towing the start line at a 25 K mountain race this weekend. I'm going to slaughter the name. It's a mountain race, but the first word is C H O C O R U A. Chakura. Chakura. That's what we're calling it. I'm going to call it the Chakura Mountain Race. Um, They said, I've run mostly alone or with a few friends. I have done a handful of races, and I think the biggest start line was 115 people in Wyoming. Ah, that was El Vaquero. This weekend, there'll be 230 people running. I'm excited and cringing at the same time. It's six-mile approach and then straight up sometimes with all four points of contact. What are your suggestions for running with this many people? Question mark. Where should I place myself in the starting line? Question mark. Middle to back of the pack runner here. What about proper passing etiquette on the ups and downs? I know it will all shake out, but I know I will easily get distracted and might not get my groove on as soon as I'd like to. Still a newbie to running with the masses, Amy. Amy, all these are fantastic questions because I don't like starting with a lot of people. I think the bigger the start line, the more intimidated or nervous I get. Um, And I have learned my lesson a few times. I learned my lesson. My first time I really hard learned my lesson was Squaw Peak 50 miler here in Utah. It's a race that had quite a few people. I'm not going to, I don't know the numbers. It may not be that high, but you start off and you go like four miles or so on a bike path. Um, and I'm a, I'm a middle of the pack to the back of the pack runner. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say middle of the pack. I'm going to give myself some, some kudos here. I'm a middle of the pack runner. So I want to stay out of everybody's way. And I remember the first year I ran this race, I was my first 50, uh, you know, I was more of a back of the pack runner at this time for sure. Um, I thought I'm going to start at the back, right? Cause I'm like, I don't want, I don't want people to pass me. You know, I don't want them to worry about me. I don't want to worry about others. I'll start at the back. Well, the mistake I made is I didn't know the course well enough, so I ran four miles down this path, and I was really reeling myself in because it's the start of the race. It was flat as can be. You're talking. I was going too fast probably, so I kept reeling myself in. But then you take like a hard left, and it's straight up. So that's the mistake I made because then I was at the end of the conga line. And it was like, there was nowhere to pass most of the time. It was like super single track straight up. So it was a huge mistake. So what I thought to myself is, you know what? Next time I run this, I'm going to start out faster and let people pass me. Because it's almost impossible to pass in that race on some of those races. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make people pass me. And my rule of thumb too, I'm going to go, right? I'm going to be on the trail. I'm going to go. If someone wants to pass me, they can pass me. Unless it's like there's nowhere to pass. And then how I judge stepping off to let people pass is if there's a gap between me and the person in front of me. If I'm like right on the heels of somebody else, we're in a conga line, I don't get off and let people pass because it's like, where are you going to go? But if I'm like the lead of a pack and I know there's people breathing down my neck, I might step off to the side because at the end of the day, I know, okay, well, this I'm not going to win or lose a race here based on my time at a 50 miler. So, you know, I can let them go to the side. But I think for me, as a middle of the packer, I don't line up up front, obviously, but I think I line up, you know, kind of in the middle still. And depending on the race, so if yours is um, six-mile approach, I think that is going to 
space you out to kind of put you more in your group, right? And I think when we run races, we always find these packs of people or these groups of people we end up seeing quite a bit because that's kind of our pace. So if you got a six-mile approach to it, I think that'll give you plenty of time to thin out. Even with that many people, it's going to thin out a little bit, and you're going to find your area. But don't um, sell yourself short. So make sure you still get going and get up. Let people pass you. That's what it is, right? Don't worry about that because it's harder to pass people on a hill. If it's depending on the course, if it's super tight or whatever, it's harder to pass. I'd rather people pass me, and I'm I'm pretty good trail etiquette, trail manners. I let people pass um, when I need to. So. Um, Place yourself kind of in the middle. I think if you have that six miles, I don't know the course, if it's flat or whatever, but it'll, it'll, you'll find your groove and let people shoot out around you if they need to, right? The last thing you want to do is have to keep shooting out around tons of people. Um, so I think that'll play itself out. Second question is, um, oh, okay. Well, first one really is how many, for running with this many people, what are your suggestions? I don't like crowds, but I kind of look at it the same way. I just line up and I just go for myself. And I think, again, it may seem like a lot of people, but it will spread out. Um, it's a 25K, so what's that, 16, 17 miles. It's going to spread out in that first six miles, so you're not going to see 250 people. You're going to be caught up. I think the biggest thing is don't get caught up in the excitement and go out too fast because I think that happens when there's so many people there's so much more electricity i think when you've got a fewer amount of people the electricity itself might not be as strong but when there's a lot of people it's just like this buzz going around and you get amped and you get hyped and you want a gun so i think just just you know know your own pace and and go that pace and don't get caught up with everybody else but as far as running with that many people it's only going to be for and i don't know the course if how it starts out super tight or what but you know, you'll, you'll have a few miles of being around people, but I think after that, it'll thin out a little bit more. And being that short of a race, a 25K, you're going to have a lot of fast people go out quick. You're going to have your, your front runners, you know, 15 people or so. Then you're going to have that next group of the chasers, and I think that might be pretty big. But you're also, I think, a lot more races are getting that um, back-of-the-pack mentality where people just show up with their hiking poles and their bags, and they just, you know, kind of push through it. So don't sell yourself short and line up too far in the back, let people pass you. Um, and as far as pa- proper passing etiquette on the ups and downs, I think on the ups, if there's room, people can just walk around you. They'll say on your left or however they do it. Um, but again, if you, if it's super tight and there's, you're right behind a couple people, don't worry about letting people pass you. But if you're the lead and there's a gap between you and the next person, that's when you may want to step off if people need to pass. And I always ask people for right behind me, like, Hey, do you want to pass? Just let me know. Most of the time, like, Nope, you got a good pace. They don't want to, or they'll say, yeah, the next chance. So I think that on the downs, um, I think that's a little more, you got to make sure if you're passing somebody, you give them a good heads up. Hey, I'm passing on the left. I usually wait till there's a good space on one side or the other and let them know that I'm going around. And most people are still pretty good. I think the trail community is still pretty good at that. But I know there's horror stories out there. Um, but I think just being vocal, um, I think a lot of the times, too, when you're in that middle of the pack range, I think people get it more. Um, I really do. So I think you're going to be fine. You're going to do awesome either way. I, I've seen your training. You've been getting up some big mountains. You've already done El Vaquero. You're going to do awesome. Just enjoy it. Don't worry about the people. Worry about yourself and just have fun um, and enjoy it. So I hope that helps a little bit. If not, um, 
I guess I'm sorry, but I can't wait to hear how it goes um, since it's this weekend. Um, last Ask Trail Manners question comes from Georgia. This is Eve. Oh, and I forgot to study on this one, Eve. Um, but here we go. I heard a past episode, and you asked your guest who their Mount Rushmore of ultra runners are. What are yours? Come on, you're on the hot seat now. Eve from Georgia. So Eve from Georgia, I'm, when I got this, I was going to like do some, some research right in my head, but I didn't. But I already know two. I think there's two people that are on my Mount Rushmore of ultra runners. Um, my first Mount Rushmore of ultra runner has to go to Scott Jaime. Um, he is my probably one of my longest friends. He's the one that got me into trail and ultra running. He actually has an incredible resume for running and as a full-time working parent, not a sponsored athlete, even though he's sponsored, it wasn't like he had to quit his job. He's in sales, um, but just a great guy. He absolutely is up there. I think he's done a lot for the sport. He's kind of the quiet, you know, he was kind of in that, he still runs, right? He still does amazing stuff and we'll get more on that because there's some other stuff coming up. But, you know, he was in the, he was in it when it was hot. I know it's hot now, but it's like when we had like that core, we've had different generations come through from the first, second. I'd call him like third generational type. He's on there. Second is going to be Chrissy Mel. I think she is probably one of my all time favorite ultra runners. Just such an amazing person and, and again, feel absolutely privileged and fortunate that I got to know her, um, that I call her a friend. She's on there. Um, boy, I think after that, it's hard for me because it's, do I, is it someone like, like a, I don't know. Do you throw it into someone like an Ann Trason's or Jurek's or Carl Meltzer's that are kind of those iconic ones that have done so much for so long? Whew, I think, or people I know even, um, I'm going to, some influencers. How's this? I'm going to do, I got Scott Jaime and Chrissy. So that gives me two more and I'm going to change this as soon as I get done recording. I'm going to kick myself because I haven't thought about it because there's so many names racing through my head. Um, I kind of want to go Rock Horton and... Oh my gosh. I kind of want to go Ian Torrance as my next one. <laughs> um, and what's interesting is all four of them aren't huge social media people, right? They're not like pe- some people. I'm not going to name any names because that's silly, but they're not just huge social media people. I think Rock is just, man, he, he's Mr. Ultra running community, right? Um, I don't know though, because then you got like others, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it for now. I might change it, but I got Scott Jaime, Chrissy Mel, Rock Horton, and Ian Torrance. Those four are people that I've admired for as long as I've been in the game. Um, and they've all been in it a long time. Some of them longer than others, Rock and Ian. Ian's done stuff before I even knew running existed, not just ultra running. Um, but yeah, I think that's, Eve, that's a tough one. And I'm glad I'm not a guest on my show. Cause I could name more. I mean, some of the, I think some of the easy ones would be like a Killian, um, a Carl, a Jurek. Um, you, you could probably get into, you know, obviously Ann Trayson, um, Nikki Kimball. I know people have put on there. There's just so many. 
I think Mount Rushmore for running should be larger than four. And for that defense, too, when you're talking Mount Rushmore for presidents, I don't remember what year Mount Rushmore came to be, but there wasn't a whole lot of presidents to choose from, right? It wasn't like there were hundreds, like, running. So maybe for the Mount Rushmore of running, we should add eight, eight, four more, eight, right, or something. So maybe I'll come back next week with my my ultra-running Mount Rushmore of eight, because I think that would be more realistic. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the Mount Rushmore date. And I know some of you smart people out there already know it, but don't tell me. I'm going to research it on this Google intraweb, intranet thing. Um, but I'm going to come back with that one next week for single track session 139. I'm going to do some research. But that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of it for this week. I know it's kind of a slow show. Um, there's so many races going on. Western States is right around the corner. And there's so many races now, I think, this week. What do we have? We have some races coming up. I think there's some national... The Trail World, oh, national, <laughs> the Trail World Championships in Portugal are kicking off. The Comrades Marathon, um, as well is kicking off, and there's some big names in that. Camille Herons back again. Sage Canada is running that, and that's just kind of an interesting race. I will never, in my wildest dreams, imagine since I do not like sand. Um, and then this past week there was a lot. There was the Old Dominion Hundred. Um, yeah, there's quite a few. And what was the other? There was another bigger. Oh, the Madeira Sky Race in Portugal was this past weekend. So that was another big one. So there's a lot of races going on. Um, I'm not doing any of them, thank goodness, right now. But we have Father's Day coming up. We've got a big month ahead with the Women's World Cup. Um, and, again, Western States is right around the corner. They just had their uh, one of their training runs out there, and that's going to be a big one. But, uh, yeah, that's it for this week, folks. Um, sorry for the late um, post, but it's still on. We're still doing our thing. We're still working on getting things dialed in, and that's just all has to do with me. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm the host, Eric Manning. This is Single Track Session 138 of the Trail Manners Podcast. Send your Ask Trail Manners questions in every week. Uh, don't forget about social media on Facebook every Sunday for Where Did Your Feet Take You? Again, Eric Manning, Trail Manners Podcast, June 6th, 2019, and I am out.